Good to see you this morning and thankful for the opportunity to stand before you again and present a message. I found this quote that I thought was, was good and it is very, very true. It says, bad news travels at the speed of light and good news travels like molasses. Isn't that true? Isn't that true with every facet of life and and all the things that we face in, in our lives, we love to talk about bad news. Sometimes even in the church, we like to focus on the things that are negative and, and are bad. And we fill our minds with those things. And, and we talk to other people about those things. And, and in fact, all the bad things, the issues that we have at Willow Avenue, people know that all over the brotherhood. People know that because that's what we talk about. That's what we deal with on a regular basis, and yet we fail sometimes to see the good. So this morning, we're going to shift gears. We're going to shift gears, and, and we're not going to focus on anything bad. In fact, we're going to focus on very, very good news. I want to give you something today that, that you can put in your mind during this worship hour and hopefully on throughout the week and on throughout your life. Brethren, there are good things about being a Christian. In fact, being a New Testament Christian is the very best things. All of the things that go along with being a Christian is the best thing this life has to offer. And brethren, it's time that, that we start to dwell upon those things. There's a song that, that sometimes is sang called 10,000 Reasons. Now, I didn't have any luck finding anybody who knew how to lead it. So I'm going to talk about it, and my lesson's going to be based upon this. But maybe some of you have heard this song, 10,000 Reasons. I'm not going to sing it for you because that'd be horrible. That would be bad news, not good news. But the good news is this song talks about Psalm 103. In essence, if you've ever sang this song, you realize that the gist of the song is, is there's 10,000 reasons why we should praise and worship our God. There is multitudes of good things that God does for us in this life. And maybe someday we'll learn this song and we'll be able to sing it. But I want you to take your Bible and I want you to turn to Psalm 103. And brethren, I want to talk about these good things. This psalm is attributed to David. And I understand that that's not inspired. But yet most scholars believe that David wrote it. I believe probably he did too. I believe that probably David wrote this psalm late in his life after he had endured so much hardship after he'd been through all those difficult times and he had come out of those times and he realized and recognized that he should praise the almighty that he should sit back and he should dwell and meditate upon all the good things that God has done for him and brethren you and I we need to do the same thing here at Willow Avenue that's what we need to do we've been through some tough times the last few years We've endured a lot of things. We've had a lot of sick people. We've just had a lot of things going on, but yet we are still here. And God has still blessed us. Brethren, there's things we need to be thankful for. There's things that we need to, to recognize and praise Him for. And this morning, that's what I want us to do. Let's go to Psalm 103, and we're just going to go through this psalm today. And we're going to see what the psalmist had to say. And brethren, if, if we can't echo these words... Our heart is, is in a bad place. Our heart is in a bad place. I want us to look at verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. 
I want you to realize that the word bless here means to kneel. And it doesn't have to mean that in a literal way. In essence, what he's saying is we need to show our adoration unto God. We need to recognize who he is. We need to praise him for all of his attributes that make him God. We need to bless his name. We need to cry out to him. And in fact, Wayne Jackson puts it as this. It is a burst of enthusiastic devotion. Have you ever been through a difficult time in your life and you come through on the other side and and you're almost overcome with emotion, with thanksgiving, and and you want to cry out to God and and you want to tell him all the things that that you are thankful for and how much you appreciate what he's done. But brethren, I'm going to tell you something. Words don't do that. You can't come up with enough words to show God how grateful you are. And the psalmist knew that. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul. And I want you to notice what he says. And all that is within me, every fiber of my being needs to recognize that the Lord is in control of my life. That the Lord has given me every good thing and brought me through every adversity that I have ever faced. In fact, it it echoes what Deuteronomy chapter 6 says. It echoes what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 and following. In essence, that we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? Every facet that makes up a man, we're to praise God with that. Not just with our lips. Because again, you, you can't say enough words to recognize God's goodness. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that was is, that is within me. Bless his holy name. Brethren, do we realize God and God alone is holy? Do, do, do we grasp that? The word holy would mean good. Only God is good. On occasion, Jesus was approached by a man, and, and that man called Jesus good teacher. And Jesus says, why do you call me good? There's none good but one that is God. In essence, Jesus was saying, if you don't believe I'm God, why are you calling me good? Because only God is good. Was Jesus God? Absolutely, he was God. Jesus is holy. God is holy. Brethren, we are not. And the only way we attain that is God imputes that unto us when we are obedient unto his will. But we need to recognize he and he alone is holy. We need to praise him for that. The psalmist said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He repeats it again the second time to help us to understand Brethren, we can never bless and praise God enough. But he says, don't forget his benefits. I want to ask you something. Are we forgetful people? Any of you ever take anything for granted? You just expect it's going to be there tomorrow just like it was there today. You expect it's going to be there five years from now just like it was in the past. We are forgetful creatures. We take things for granted. Sometimes we fail to recognize all the benefits that come with being a Christian. Come with being a Christian. Benefits are important to us. There are people that will take a job making $5 an hour if the benefits are good enough, right? They will. And and that's sometimes what we focus on. All of the benefits that come with, with material things and what kind of retirement do we got? What kind of vacation package? What kind of insurance do we get? All How many days off per year do I get? And we focus on those things, and, and benefits are so important to us. 
But brethren, we've got to realize the benefits of being a Christian far outweigh anything that we can ever do in this life. And I hope you understand that. I hope every one of us understand that we don't, we don't deserve those benefits. You don't earn these benefits. These benefits are not your wages. These benefits are directly from the grace of God. And the psalmist says, bless the Lord, don't forget his benefits. Now what he's going to do beginning in verse 3 is he's going to talk about God's benefits package. He's going to remind us of all the things that God has done for us. And brethren, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to tell you anything this morning that you don't already know. But I'm going to tell you things this morning that you don't think about on a regular basis. Sometimes that I can promise you that none of us are truly grateful for like we should be. There are benefits in being a Christian. Follow along with me in your Bible if you would. He says, verse 3, he says, who? I circled the word who because in the next, in the three verses, verse 3, 4, and 5, he's going to say the word who five times. And he does that to place emphasis on the fact to remind us who does this. Who does this in your life? And he wants to draw our attention back to verse 1 and 2. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's in all capitals in your Bible. So therefore it means it's the word Jehovah, the God of heaven. That's who does these things in your life. Who does what? Who forgives all your iniquity. Let me ask you something. Why does he begin with that? Because every problem you face in this life, none of them are more important than the forgiveness of your sins. You realize that? It doesn't matter if you don't have enough to eat today. It doesn't matter if you don't have clothes to wear. It doesn't matter if you don't have a house to live in. It doesn't matter if you don't have a car to drive. It doesn't matter if you have a job. None of that matters more than whether or not your sins are forgiven. Because I'm going to tell you something. You can go to heaven without any of those things, but you cannot go to heaven without your sins forgiven. And God wants us to understand that. The psalmist wants us to understand that. It is the Lord that forgives our iniquities. But not only does he forgive our iniquities, look at what he says. He forgives all our iniquities. Do we recognize and realize what that means? All of our iniquities? You see, sometimes we don't believe that. Sometimes, and even a lot of times, people will say, you don't understand, I did this one thing, and this one thing is so bad, God won't forgive it. And they won't allow themselves to forgive themselves. They sometimes won't even allow God to forgive them because they feel like some of these things that they've done, maybe the mindset that they've had, the actions that they've taken, it's just too bad. But the psalmist said, the Lord He's forgiven all your iniquities. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 and verse 10, the Bible tells us that, that we're all sinners, right? And in fact, if we say we, we are not, we are liars. In fact, if we say that we're not, we make him a liar. So therefore, this, John is telling us, listen, every one of you are guilty, and you're going to continue to sin as long as you're in that fleshly body, but verse 9, he says, but if we confess our sins, he is willing and able to forgive us our sins, and listen to this, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Brethren, do you fully appreciate the fact that God 
If you are a New Testament Christian, if you have confessed those faults unto him and you're doing that on a regular basis, he forgives you of all iniquity, of every sin. In fact, he doesn't remember it anymore. He puts it away from his presence. Brethren, when you became a Christian, you received that part of the benefits package, the most important part of the benefits package. God is forgiving. And the psalmist wants to praise him for that. Praise God for forgiveness. If you can't echo that, church, oh, your heart's in the wrong place. He says, who? Again, God, the Lord, who heals you of all your diseases. And maybe you say, that's not true. God hasn't healed me from everything that I've ever faced. Let me ask you something. How long will any of you last without God's providential care? How long are you going to last? How are you going to overcome anything in this life? You say, well, I got better because my doctor helped me get better. Let me ask you something. Where'd your doctor, where did he get his abilities? Where did he get his knowledge? How do we have the ability to have medicine? How do you have an immune system? You ever considered that? The psalmist says God is the reason that we can be healed from anything. How do you have an immune system? How is it that when this whole COVID-19 thing and you got COVID and then later on you wanted to go get an antibody test? Why did you want to do that? You want to be able to see if your body can fight it off again, right? Who gave you the ability to have antibodies? It's the Lord, right? And brethren, it's about time we recognize that. It's about time we realize that, that no matter what we think is, is going on in this life, it is God, ultimately, that all of these things come from. Doctors are great and medicine is great, but without God, what do we have? You, you, you don't have anything. God is in control. It is He who heals you from all of your diseases. He says, who redeems your life from destruction. I want to ask you something. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, The wages of sin is death. What do you deserve? Destruction. What do you deserve? Death. Who's going to redeem you from that? Who's going to buy you back from the place that you have wavered from God and now you are a servant unto sin, unto death? Who's going to buy you back? Who's going to redeem you from that? Well, it's the Lord, right? Why is it that Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh? Do we appreciate that? Why is it that Paul told the Ephesian brethren that in him, in Christ, you have redemption, the forgiveness of sins through his blood? Who made that possible? The psalmist wants to echo that to us. It is that who that he's talking about. It's the Lord. The reason you enjoy that redemption today, it's because the Lord made it possible. It's because the Lord loved you and loved me that much. He says, who? Again, the Lord. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender, tender mercies. You ever sit back and contemplate how kind the Lord has been to you? Do you ever sit back and, and think about all the things in this life that you enjoy? The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 1 verse 3, Thanks be to God and the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who has blessed us with, listen to this, 
all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Who's the us? Christians. Christians. In essence, God has crowned us with every spiritual blessing imaginable in Christ. He has crowned us with loving kindness, tender mercies. Do you appreciate that? Do you want to spread that news abroad to people that don't know and don't enjoy uh, all of his benefits? I hope we do. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but everlasting life. How much more loving kindness and tender mercy can you be? Can you give? God loved us so much he gave his son. We can go to heaven. Brethren, we need to understand that. He crowned us with that. He put us in a place that we don't deserve to be. He says, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. You know, sometimes we stand up, and I do this from time to time, we stand up and we pray, and, and we praise God in that prayer that he is our creator. But we also praise God in that prayer that he is our sustainer. Don't you think that's what the psalmist had on his mind? Listen to what he says again. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. I think the American Standard says who satisfies your desires with good things so that you are able to do the things you do in essence, so that you're able to live and enjoy life. It is because God has sustained you. All the good things you have in this life, they come from the Lord. And I hope sometimes that you and I, we sit back and, and we do like the song says, we count our many blessings. Maybe sometimes we need to name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. You ever done that before? Have you ever thought about that before? But I want you to think about this in a spiritual sense. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16, the Bible says, though our outward man is perishing, as a human being, as a fleshly being, my outward man is perishing. I'm getting older every day. And, and Paul said that. Though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Why? Because God. Because the Lord. Because the Lord has given me the things that I need. He says that God does that so I will be like an eagle. The Bible says in Isaiah 40 verse 31, those that wait upon the Lord... They'll what? Well, their strength will be renewed, right? And they'll mount up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not be faint. We sing that song sometimes too. What is he talking about? It's because the Lord's sustaining power, his sustaining gift, that benefit that he offers you and I. Brethren, I want you to not be bored with these things. I want you to realize these things. I want you to be thankful for these things. Verse 6 the psalmist is thankful that the Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Listen, brethren, the Lord is just. Don't we appreciate that? We live in a society and we have all kind of government systems that are not just, and sometimes they reward the wicked and punish the innocent, but that's not God. That's not God. God is just. God will always do what's right. God will always take care of all of the bad things. And maybe he doesn't do it in our time that we think he should, but the psalmist praised him for that. He says, the Lord will execute righteousness. He will always do what's right. Listen to verse 7. 
he made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. I underline that, made known his ways. How often are you thankful that God made known to you his will? You ever consider that? You ever just stop and think, what if God had chosen to just not tell us? Now, throughout history, I want you to think back to long, long ago. Were there a lot of people in the world that had no idea what God wanted them to do? A lot of people. But yet you and I, we know, right? We know what God would have us to do. It has been revealed unto us. Every one of us, we have multiple Bibles in our house. He has made known his ways unto us. We have a road map to heaven. We have a Bible, and you've heard the acrostic Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. In essence, that's what it is. God has made known his ways unto you. Praise God for doing that very thing. I know what I need to know to go to heaven. Brethren, I can never be too thankful for that. He says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Again, he's being repetitive, but he wants to praise him over and over for the same things. He's merciful and gracious. He's merciful. He doesn't give me what I deserve. Gracious, he gives me what I don't deserve. In essence, he said he's slow to anger and he's abounding in mercy. What about you and I? Are we slow to anger? Sometimes that's not the case, is it? Well, what if God dealt with us like we deal with, with other people? Keep reading, and we're going to tie all that together. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. God will not always rebuke us. Yes, there's times in our lives that he chastens us because the Lord chastens us, Hebrews chapter 12, because he loves us, just like a father chastens a son. But the psalmist says he won't always do that. He, he won't always do that to you. He says, neither will he keep his anger forever. Brethren, God doesn't hold grudges. Don't we do that? Don't you and I hold grudges and maybe we get upset at each other and maybe we hold that over each other's heads for years and years and years and, and there's times that we won't speak to one another and, and that goes, aren't you thankful God's not like that? Aren't you thankful that God doesn't hold on to those things? That he's not a grudging God? Oh, I am. But he continues that same thought. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. If you stopped right now and you just sit in thought of what you deserve, have you ever felt like you deserved the bottom of the pits of hell? Maybe, maybe you have. Maybe you just, you know, there's things in your life again that, that you just can't get over that you've done and maybe you continue to do and you struggle with and, and you just think I'm worthless, I'm no good. And what if God dealt with us according to all that? What if God truly gave us what we deserve? Aren't you thankful he doesn't? Aren't you thankful that he has not dealt with us according to our sins and punished us according to our iniquities? If you don't want to think about that in your personal life, I want you to think about that in this nation. Aren't you thankful that God has not dealt with this nation according to our sins, at least not yet? Aren't you thankful? What do you think this nation deserves? 
What do you think we should get for all the things that have happened in the last 20, 30, 40 years? Have we gone down a, a downhill slide big time? Yes. God hasn't given us what we deserve. He's not punished us according to our iniquities. Why? Because he's long-suffering. He's slow to anger. Back up. Aren't you thankful for that? Don't you want to praise God for that very thing? For all of these things that he offers us? He says, verse 11, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. How high? How high is the heavens above the earth? I'll wait for an answer. You don't know, do you? It's more than you can contemplate. It's more than you can fathom in your mind. You can't measure how high the heavens are above the earth. But the psalmist says that's how high God's mercy is toward the people that fear him. Who are the people that fear him? Christians. You. God's mercy is that abounding. He goes on to say, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. You've seen the Toy Story movies, Buzz Lightyear. He likes to holler out to infinity and beyond. Isn't that what from the east to the west is? How do you measure from the east to the west? Let's just say you want to get on a plane and you want to go around this world and you're going to fly west and you fly and you fly and you fly. And when you get back to right here, can't you still go west? You can't ever get there, can you? So in essence, God says, when I remove your sins, they can't be found again because you cannot measure from the east to the west. You can't measure it. It's to infinity and even beyond that very thing. So our sins, in essence, they're gone. The Bible says he puts them behind his back. What can you see behind your back? Nothing. The Bible says he puts them in the depths of the sea. Can you get to the depths of the sea? No. Again, he's reminding us they're gone. He's reminding us of forgiveness. Look at verse 13. As the father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. Let me ask you something. Those of you that are parents, have you ever been upset at your children? That's a dumb question. But yeah. Have you ever been really, really upset at your children? Don't you always love them? Don't you always, no matter what they've done, aren't you standing there ready to take them back in an instant? Luke 15, there is a picture of the Lord as the father of the prodigal son. And when that prodigal son is even near home, and we've talked about that here, the father runs to meet him, and he says absolutely nothing, but he puts his arms around him, and he's thankful that he's home. As a father pities his children, that's how the Lord feels about us. So the next time you're down on yourself, and you feel like you just can't do it, and, and you can't keep going, and you just, you just can't do right, I want you to remember this. God loves you like you love your children. God is always there for you. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Doesn't he tell us that multiple times? Multiple, multiple times. He loves us. He's just like a father to us. He says, listen to verse 14. I love verse 14. He remembers our frame. He, rem or he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Who made us? God, what do you make us out of? 
Well, Genesis 2, verse 7, the Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. What did he make us out of? Dirt. Don't you think God knows that? Don't you think God knows that we are frail and we are weak and, and we're going to do things that are contrary to his will? Yes, he knows that. He remembers that. We've got a Savior that the Bible says that he, he knows what it's like to be us. Hebrews 4 verse 15. We have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but he, he knows what it's like to be tempted like we are, right? He, he lived that life. He experienced it. He knows that we are, but in his presence, as nothing. So therefore, he is merciful to us. So the next time you get down on yourself, you realize, and don't use this as an excuse, but use this to pick yourself up. God knows our frame, and he remembers that we are but dust. God knows that. God knows you are never going to measure up to the standard that maybe you would like to be or even he would like you to be. He knows that because there's not a character in the Bible in your lap right now that measured up to that standard, save Jesus Christ. Not one. Because every one of them had the same frame. Every one of them were made of the same thing. Dirt. That's what we are. And brethren, I'm thankful that God knows that. I'm thankful that he understands that and he doesn't, you know, press me down and hold me to a standard that's unattainable. Brethren, I appreciate that. And we shouldn't hold each other to standards that are unattainable. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't treat each other differently than God treats us. God is patient, merciful, longs all of those things. And forgiving, brethren, we should be too. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful? He says, for, as for man, his days are like grass. As the flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. Reminds me of Isaiah 40, verses 6 through 8. And again, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24 and 25, where the Bible says, all men are like grass, and the glory of man is as the flower of the grass. But the grass withers, and the flower fadeth away. God knows that. You're only here for a short time. You're only here for a short time, and in the whole scheme of things, God doesn't look at you as you are something extra special we're just all his creation. We're all the same. We're going to be here for a while, and then we're going to be gone. God knows that, and we need to know that. And we need to appreciate what he's going to do for us while we're here. We need to be thankful for that. He says, although man is only here for a short time, in essence, verse 15 and 16, verse 17, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on all those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children's. You may only be here a few short years. You may not accomplish great things in this life, but the psalmist says, but God's mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. It's always going to be. It's forever. And he goes on and he says his righteousness is the children's children. His righteousness is going to continue to go until what? Until this whole world is gone. You may not be here, but God will still be here. And God will still be offering these benefits to whoever will call upon his name, whoever will fear him and be the child of his. He goes on to say, to such that keep his covenant. Again, describing those people. To those who remember his commandments to do them. Jesus Christ, Hebrews 5 verse 9, is the author of eternal salvation. To all that obey him 
In essence, that's exactly what the psalmist says. If you're a Christian, you have those blessings. He says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. It's the kingdom of Daniel 2, verse 44. The God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. It'll never be destroyed. It's the kingdom that you and I are a part of today and we need to appreciate the church. David, the psalmist, is praising God for the kingdom that he's going to set up, the kingdom that he is the king over. And to be a part of that kingdom, brethren, we need to understand and realize is the greatest of blessings. For you to be able to be a part of this church here should be a blessing in your life. It's something you should praise God for. It's something I should praise God for to be thankful for. He ends the psalm, verse 20 through 22, and in that he says, Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of the Lord. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works and all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, in essence, everything that there is in the whole creation. Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. Brethren, I want to ask you something this morning. Do you bless the Lord? Do you understand all the things that God has done for you and, and is continuing to do for you every day of your life? Are you thankful for those things? Do you talk about those things? Do you want to spread those things around the world and forget about the bad things, get those out of your head and replace them with these things, good things? Meditate on good things. Philippians 4 verse 8. These are those good things. This morning I want to ask you, are you, are you a New Testament Christian? If you're not a New Testament Christian, then you don't enjoy God's benefits package. And this morning you can be a New Testament Christian but you've got to do just like Romans chapter 6, verse 17 says. You've got to obey from the heart the doctrine delivered unto you. Verse 18, then you're free from sin. The doctrine delivered unto us says a man must hear the gospel, believe that gospel with all of his heart, be willing to repent, to turn, to change his mind, the way that he thinks, confess the name of Jesus, and reenact the death, burial, and resurrection in the waters of baptism. The gospel. In essence, that's what it's all about. You can take part in that today, and then you will be a benefactor of his benefits package. But most of you have done that. This morning, I want to ask you, what's your mind filled with? What's your mind filled with? Well, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to think about? What do you want to dwell on? What do you want to share with others? Go back to the first slide. Bad news travels at the speed of light. Good news slow as molasses this morning i want to change your thought process i i want you to focus on this and let go of the bad brethren there's a lot of good things here at willow avenue a lot of good things and i hope you're thankful to be a part of this church i hope you're thankful for what god has done for you but brethren maybe if you're not or maybe there's just something else in your life that is standing between you and god god will forgive you this morning God will take it, and as far as the east is from the west, he will remove it from you this morning. All you need to do is come and confess that unto him while together we stand and sing.